is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Hey, and what's up, everybody, and welcome to Dealer News Today, the leading and award-winning automotive dealership podcast. Do you follow us on social media? That's the question. If you do, great. But if not, at Dealer News Today on Instagram and Facebook. Also, for past episodes and seasons, head over to DealerNewsToday.com for all of those. I am your host, Derek D. As always, I hosted the award-winning show Fastlane Daily for the better part of a decade. But if you didn't know that about me, for more info, you can head over to DerekD.com and find out all about it. But now let's jump into this episode. My guest owns dealerships located in Texas, and he's basically been in the car business his entire life. He's traveled around the world, almost became a chef in London, but the force of the automotive industry was too strong with this one. Please welcome to DNT, the owner of Thomas Automotive, Brandon Thomas. What's up, man? Good to have you on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Appreciate it to be here. Yeah, no problem at all. You know, it's funny when I was doing some uh, you know, background research on you, I saw your name and it's, I bet you a lot of people say Tomes, huh? Yes, sir. Uh, we thought it'd be uh, a really good idea to make it really difficult for everybody to pronounce our last name. No. <laughs> yeah. The only reason I knew that was how to pronounce it is because I saw a video or saw some a couple things and I heard the last name was said and I was like, okay, it's Thomas. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's pretty uh, impressive greeted me um and you had it right so awesome yeah there you go you know uh so for for those of you listening it's t-o-m-e-s that's why we're we're talking about it um so uh brandon tell me a little bit about yourself where where you're originally from texas yes sir i was actually born and raised in mckinney texas we're just uh 30 minutes north of dallas so considered part of that dfw metroplex and um you know grew up here and then i went to smu for college in dallas and uh, after graduating, went to NADA's Dealer Candidate Academy before uh, coming to work full-time at the dealership. Oh, nice. And uh, so NADA, National Automotive Dealership Association, the same people that have the big conference in uh, in Vegas every year. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, um, well, actually, I don't think it's in Vegas next year. I think it's in New Orleans. or, or, or I think, No, I think, is it in I Texas? Yeah. Oh, so it's like right, going to be right at home. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think it's Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I did hear Dallas. Um yeah, you're right. Anyway, so you originally worked for your father's dealership, and his name was Bob Thomas, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, I went to work at Bob Thomas Ford in um, 2007 mm-hmm. and uh, started there as a porter and, uh, you know, then a, a lot attendant, um, eventually working my way to service advisor, um, parts department, sales. So really kind of tried to learn the, the business from the ground up. And uh, after about two years um, and then being in sales, I, I really thought we had an opportunity to expand and add another franchise. And, um, you know, my, my dad gave me all the encouragement and blessing, but uh, his life goal was to be a Ford dealer and he was there. So, um, so you had your I own goals. Out. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to grow and, you know, um, it's, it's a great business um, and working with family is always great, but you know, you want to make sure to like leave your own mark also. Right. Yeah. And so uh, it was 2008 when I first got a hold of Subaru, everybody had had a down year. The uh, economy was in kind of bad shape. And, uh, but Subaru, Subaru is the only automotive manufacturer to post year over year sales increase. And they were looking to uh, increase their dealer body. 
And so that's how that started. And uh, we opened our store at the end of 2009. Nice. So you have, uh, what, three dealerships, right? Ford, VW, and Subaru? Yes, sir. And then uh, last year, um, or in 2020, we were able to uh, purchase the VW dealership here in McKinney. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I saw some um, some video of you. You were like smashing the glass with a sledgehammer oh, yeah, yeah. at your uh, VW dealership, and you called it the yeah, construction sale? Showroom renovation right now, and uh, they let me go in and help do some demo. And uh, so that was fun. It was funny because my general sales manager was like, Hey, aren't you sure you want to like practice on one so you don't like flub it? I'm like, yeah, it's not a bad idea. So we go over and we do a practice and I just like smash the window. No problem. So then we uh, go to do a Facebook live. And of course I don't hit the glass. Right. On the first shot, you didn't break. Back, you know, it's like, of course. (laughs) But that makes it more interesting and funny, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. You have a laugh at yourself. Yeah, that, that, that is pretty funny. You don't happen to have a used 2019 or 2020 Arteon on the lot, do you? Um, you know, <laughs> um, we might just have a nice uh, Arteon if you're interested. Yeah, yeah, I have a um, I have a 2017 VW Passat R line. It's black, but it's it's been modified. And it's it looks still looks absolutely brand new. Awesome. And I know I can get good good money for it, but. I'm at the point where I, you know, I really love the Arteons, and I've been looking at those. Oh, like, ours, absolutely. Yeah, like the 2019, 2020, like used, probably in like the, I'm seeing some for like around 30, 27 ish, you know, used depending on the yeah. amount of miles. And I mean, like that's you know that's an Audi and Volkswagen Club. Those are sweet. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, basically, you know, they're they're interchangeable. I mean, my, you know, the Passat is basically a. You know, it's got the same room inside as an A6 and, you know, a lot of the same parts back and forth. You know, they're all the same company. Yeah. VW, you know. Um, but, yeah, just curious. Maybe uh, I might have to look into that with you and uh, take a trip down to Texas. Who knows? I'm in Jersey, so. <laughs> you said Jersey? Yeah, I'm in New Jersey. All right. Well, I'm going to be in uh, Philly on Thursday, so I'll just drive it up. <laughs> yeah, it's not too far away. Sounds good. Bring it on over. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's a whole other conversation. Let's get back to you. So. I read that you went to London for a while, right? What did you go out there for? Um, so, yeah, my parents were obviously very supportive. And uh, after college, they uh, gave me an opportunity to go to culinary school. So I spent well, that's awesome in London cooking uh, at a school in London and uh, traveling. And, oh, nice. you know, I called my dad and I was like, hey, this is pretty great. I think I'd like to, you know, do the level two. And he's like, all right, well you can either pay for it yourself or uh, you can come back here and get to work. So like, you know, two days later I was back in uh, McKinney. Uh, <laughs> so, Well, at least you got to travel and everything and at least you got to, you know, explore that. And I'm sure, you know, at home, I'm sure you still probably love cooking and it's probably still yes. a big part of your life. Yeah. Traveling and, and cooking are definitely a passion of mine. Um, but, uh, you know, I couldn't imagine um, a business better than the one we're in. Well, that's that's the key. As long as you have no regrets and you're like, I love this business and I'm in it full on, then you made the right choice. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Nice. Uh, so is your dad retired or and do you just own all three dealerships right now? So I'm a partner with him in the Ford store and there's okay. uh, the Subaru and Volkswagen store. And uh, he is 74, going to be 75 this summer. And he still puts in uh, probably six day weeks, 50, 60 hour weeks. So wow. he uh, very much still involved in this Ford store. And, uh, you know, he, he loves it. And I think he keeps him young. 
Um, so uh, I get to see him still a lot of the, a lot of the days. But well, that's cool. Um, yeah, but I run back and forth between the Ford, Subaru, and Volkswagen. Gotcha. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. I mean, that he's still involved like that, and you're right. It probably does keep him lung, uh, keep him young, keeps him on his toes. You know that whole kind of thing. Uh, so you started talking about you run back and forth to dealerships. What's your, you know, what's your typical day look like? Uh, you, obviously, you guys own multiple dealerships. You know, it's a it's a Wednesday today when we're recording this. What's a normal, let's say, Wednesday looks like for you? Yeah, so I get in, um, check my voicemails and emails, right? Try to see if anything's happened since I left work the day before. Um, see if there's any priorities I have to get in line. We have a customer action report that we put together for all three stores and it tracks, um, any customer, uh, complaints that may come in. It also tracks positives. Um, so we try to always make sure we're getting more positive reviews too. But if like we got a negative Google Yelp or Facebook review, um, or an email or, or voicemail to, to somebody on staff, it puts it on that report. And then I can go around the stores and, uh, discuss with, you know, whatever manager, um, any of the situations before calling back and reaching out to those customers and trying to set it right. So um, even if it's like one negative review, like on Google or whatever, you, you guys yeah. like go at that hard every day. Right. That's good. Think, you know, the reputation management is, uh, really important to growing the business and, uh, growing customers. And so, uh, you know, we try to try to turn them all around, you know, if we can. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you can't. And uh, at that point, we put a response on, you know, our side of the story and then we, we move on. But we try to get most of the customers turned around and see if they'll update their review, you know, to three, four or five star, you know, like neutral or positive. And, um, and then we track the positive ones. We make sure all departments are, you know, oh, yeah. uh, minding the customers that had good experiences to so leave them a review. And uh, so we do that. Then I usually look over the numbers and uh, um, I host a... Uh, you know, a big meeting every Tuesday afternoon where we go over, uh, department by department, gross, um, volume, um, you know, any issues or concerns for that department, you know, maybe they're struggling to find employees or, um, you know, need, need to fill a position or whatever the case may be. So we, we do that, um, every Tuesday afternoon, mm-hmm. kind of everybody Monday to like, uh, get, get all caught up from the weekend and, uh, then get together. Um, but yeah, then I, I just try to get around and I'd touch all my department heads, um, and make sure that, uh, everything's going smoothly since, uh, since we talked on Tuesday and, um, usually I'll look at the marketing, um, so your, your hands are in like everything, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're involved I, I like in like the- every, every aspect of the business. Cause you also were saying before how you've kind of worked your way up in every aspect. So it, it makes sense. Yes, sir. And I mean, I, I don't want to take any credit away. I've got a fantastic team. Oh, for sure. So I've got a big, large team of self-starters that, you know, come here every day to, to work and take care of customers and do the right thing. And um, they do make my job a lot easier. Um, but yeah, we have a, we have a good team and I'm, I'm really involved with all of them. And, you know, it's funny, we, we have like, email and we have like this real nice phone system, but we talk via text, um, the majority of the time during the day, because <laughs> we're all very mobile. And, uh, you know, I like going back and not finding my service manager in his office cause he's in the shop or he's at the collision center, you know, wherever he's at, but I like that everybody's hands on. And so, um, a lot of times it's just easier cause we all got our cell phones on us at all times. Right. To communicate that way too. 
But yeah, I mean, that's great. It's always, it's, it's good to be hands-on like that. And, uh, you know, I interview so many dealership owners and stuff on this show. And that's one thing they say, they're like the, the team they have, they make sure they surround themselves with a good team and make sure that, you know, the people and the customers that come in are, are, you know, taken care of and more of a, you know, uh, friends than they are customers. Cause that's how you build a rapport with them and get them to, you know, get their family involved and tell friends and things like that. And it's good that you do the same thing with, you know, those reviews and everything, you know, uh, you, you can't please everyone. That's, that's just the way it is, but it's good that you go and you look at that and you go ask questions. You're like, Hey, you know, maybe you could change that to this if, you know, uh, you know, cause you're making the effort to, to correct whatever they saw that thought was wrong. So sure. that's a good way to do business for sure. Yes, sir. Do you, uh, were you always a car person or you just love the idea of making money selling cars? Was your dad a car guy or you a car guy or it's the business more so than, Hey, I love the new, uh, you know, RTN, like we were talking about. Yeah. So I, I've always considered myself a car guy. I grew up in this nice. business. My dad bought the dealership um two years before i was born so he opened the ford store in mckinney when uh the original owners had gone bankrupt uh it was a small town of like ten thousand, and uh you know it's grown to over two hundred thousand now so um you know he was very fortuitous in his timing but um he, i don't think he was much of a car guy car guy and like he <laughs> loves to run the ship he's a people guy you know like a very personable guy he likes to be at all the functions around town, you know, and, and, uh, supporting all the local charities and, um, events. But I don't think he's never really collected cars or, um, you know, sought out cars, um, specific cars for himself. Um, but, uh, he did just get a Ford GT, um, and that was kind of like his first really awesome car. And, uh, like the uh, the Shelby GT350 or something? Uh, oh, like the supercar, like the oh um, the four, oh the four GT. Duh, yeah. duh. Oh man, yeah. that thing is beautiful. Yeah, so he's been on the waiting list and gotten like turned down twice, and then uh, we won the president's award, and uh, Ford called us up and said, "Hey, we moved you uh, up the list. You've got you've got an allocation." So he decided to keep it, which is pretty cool. Since, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so we just got that here. January. Oh, that's so sick. Did you drive it yet? <laughs> I have, yeah. I've put about 100 miles on it, but Sweet. Uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, you look at that car from the back. It's just the design is so sick. Like, you could literally just put your hand in through like that. You know, there's that space between the two rear wheels and the body. Yes. Oh, it's yeah. it's, so, it's so sick. I'm a car guy myself. I hosted a, a car news show for the better part of 10 years. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, called Fast Lane Daily. Um and we traveled all over. I was in, where was I? I was at, I was at Hennessy, uh, down in Texas for our 2000th episode. And I d- drove like everything. It was awesome. A lot of, uh, a lot of Ford products too. There, yeah. They're in Houston, right? Yeah. 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 Like near, uh, Katie, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, are you, so what, what, what's your daily driver? Um, well, it's usually a Ford Subaru or Volkswagen. I drive a demo. Um, you know, so I always, Oh, so you switch it up. Yeah. But because of these inventory shortages that have been, uh, uh, I've been driving pre-owned vehicle. I mean, we just, I've gotten out of the new because they're so focused on our turn and earn and we have so few cars. Uh, right. Yeah. So my mom, uh, owns a car for the first time ever in her life. Uh, my dad's driving used, my wife's driving used and I'm driving used. So yeah, it's, it's crazy right now is the inventory, you know, everyone, I, you know, I talked to lately, they're saying it's not that much better. Are you 
finding a way to deal with it better than, you know, say you were before? Is there something new, any information you can give to any other dealers that are listening that's like, hey, we're doing this differently to combat the whole inventory shortage thing? You know, I so Subaru's never had a high day supply of vehicles. So I feel like we were best equipped to handle this at Subaru. Hmm. Um, you know, where like domestics, Ford, we had probably like a 75 days supply when this thing started to wind down. And, you know, Subaru was already used to running a a 28 day supply. And so, um, we've gotten really good at selling inventory on the come. That's like in the pipeline in transit, taking customer deposits on those. And also, uh, talking customers into coming in early. And we've, we've really shifted our marketing around to like come order a new vehicle from us um, mm. so that you can get exactly what you want. So we've really, really pumped up the order units. And a lot of the different vehicle manufacturers are prioritizing those order units over allocation units. So mm. we think by pre-selling lots of vehicles, it's helped increase our allocations. Do you find that that's where it's moving towards? Because... I think a lot of people are saying, you know, moving forward, you're finding out through going through all this and the pandemic and this inventory shortage and all this crap, you don't need a gazillion cars on the lot. You obviously need more than you have now, right? Because of the shortage. But find people come in, they make the, they basically put their car together at the dealership or they do it at home and they get some paperwork done beforehand and just speed up the process and make it a little more streamlined. Do you find it's going to be? easier moving forward working that way? I could see the in- industry shifting towards something like that in the future. Um, but like, I think there's still so many bottlenecks and uh, issues plaguing the manufacturers to get these uh, deadlines hit hmm. that, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's viable the way it's going now. You know, and, and what I'm saying is like, we've got customers that have been waiting on Broncos. Uh, this June will be uh, 24 months. You know, oh, and wow, uh, a really hot car, but but still, right? And like, so a lot of these that are finally coming in 24 months later, the guy's like, I bought something else, you know, like I couldn't wait on that, uh, right? Yeah, and so you know, we're finding like uh, some cancellations that are happening because of that, but you know, we last summer with like F 150s, we got into like a, a groove where we were getting a vehicle, you know, in 60 to 90 days, and I think you know, if you can keep that up that might be a viable model. Hmm. But, uh, you know, when all of a sudden, you know, the, the guy thinks he's getting his order in a week and then he gets a 60 day postponement or a 90 day postponement or a TBD, you know, yeah. um, I think there's, you know, so, so if, if they tighten that system up and, you know, I think that coming out of COVID and coming out of the chip shortage, you know, some of that can, can help these factories get their stocking levels back up. Uh, I do see that being, you know, a good, part of our business in the future. Yeah. Uh, but I think right now there's still a lot of work on the manufacturer side to be able to like hit deadlines, you know, or like, uh, mm. uh, acceptable times for delivery. Yeah. Is it that, do you find out of the, out of the three dealerships that you have, I know you were talking about Subaru before, is that the quickest car to get someone into is a Subaru because of how they, how your inventory is with, with them or how, it worked with them in the past. Yes, yeah, so have been a lot faster than Ford, um, and I think that has a lot to do with the model complexity. So, with like 
Subarus, you know, you've got like three trims on the Outback, which is like one of their, their most popular seller. Right. Uh, compare that to like nine trims on an F-150. Um, <laughs> gazillion a la carte options. And so like a lot of times, you know, it's like the F-150 didn't get built because they ran out of one of the options the customer had selected. Well, you know, if, if they knew that, maybe the customer wouldn't have added that trim or that roof or that, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and a lot less order complexity um, issues with Volkswagen and Subaru. They keep them producing a lot faster. And Ford just has such a much more customizable vehicle line um, that, you know, I think that's that's what's causing them snags. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, and you said VW is kind of similar to Subaru like they they you're you're getting maybe not not the amount of cars you normally would but you're getting cars fairly quickly or at least fairly quickly when someone orders one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, I think that they don't have quite as many trim levels per vehicle line as Ford does and then when they do, it's like if you get that trim, this is what comes on it. Whereas like mm-hmm. for, you know, you look at, you can get a Lariat and there can be a $10,000 swing in that Lariat, depending on what options you add. To. Oh, for sure. So, you know, with, with Subaru and with Volkswagen, you know, if you pick that XYZ trim, that's what you get, you know, and then you get to pick the color and that's right, it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. With, you know, that's the only option. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think, yeah, I think that's, that's what's really helped brands like that right now. Um, but I think, you know, it, to Ford's credit, the ability to customize those trucks and have like so many options has really helped them have truck leadership, you know, so it cuts both ways. Yeah. And it just, I mean, obviously they weren't planning for a pandemic and a inventory shortage and the chip shortage and, right. you know, I, I, and I think sometimes the, what, what some dealerships are doing is say someone gets some of those trim options, you know, in their F-150 or whatever, and it requires multiple chips. Are the uh, will that truck maybe come in and then you'll say, look, we don't have the chip for uh, your heated steering wheel, but uh, when we get it in, you'll bring the car back and we'll throw that in. I've heard this happening, um, but to date, we have not received anything at Volkswagen or Subaru like that, and we've received one Explorer from Ford. But Ford made a sign of bailment agreement, basically stating that we would be willing to receive vehicles that are not complete. Um, all safety um, components would be on 100%, but that, you know, we would, they would provide the chip within 12 months of a customer taking delivery that would do like, yeah, heated seats or heated steering, you know, whatever, like non uh, mandatory item it was. And, right. uh, you know, like I said, the Ford had to sign an agreement, everything else. And we've only seen one unit so far. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, but, it, it, that's, that's a, oh, sorry, go ahead like trucks out, you know, there to keep, keep the volume going, um, you know, with, with components missing on them. Right. But that's, you know, as a, as a consumer, a consumer might be like, wait a second, like, I don't, I, I, I want the car complete. You know, it's weird. You know, I, I don't I want everything working. So if I'm right. not getting everything working right away, you guys going to throw me a discount. Like, right. And you know, I, I could see people asking that, you know what I mean? For sure. 100%. And I mean, also with all the delays and it just seems like challenges um you know who knows if that component will actually show up in a timely manner so that would make me a little nervous too taking something non-complete and you know having it promised in 12 months and then 12 months come and go and you don't have that component right exactly 
but you paid for heated seats or whatever it is, right? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, that that it scares me a little bit, but Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a man, it's an it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time because the inventory shortage and all the chip shortage and all that stuff. Yet dealerships are doing so well, except it's still hard because they don't have enough cars on the lot and everything. It's a it's an interesting time, but uh you know, you seem like you guys are making it work and you got a you got multiple successful dealerships, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on Dealer News today. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we get going? No, I'd just like to thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, discuss the car business with you, and uh, look forward to doing it again sometime. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much, man. Take care. That was Brandon Thomas, the owner of Thomas Automotive Group. Head over to thomasautogroup.com for more info. And remember, Thomas is spelled T O M. All right, and that will do it for this episode of DNT at Dealer News Today on Instagram and Facebook, of course. I'm Derek D, DerekD.com for all my stuff. I do appreciate you being here and listening. So until next time, this is Dealer News Today.